Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio. I am your friendly neighborhood bag milk. To my left is Tyler Uremchuk. To my immediate right is the good Nicholas. And on the far right is Rick. Today we are back, just as Cam would have intended. Of course, Coombe is no longer here with us. He is gallivanting Northern Ireland. Miss him every day. You know who is with us, Tyler? Oh. Our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Always with us in our hearts. They are fantastic people. They have fantastic vehicles. They have fantastic service. They have fantastic everything truck and car related. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. I encourage you to do so. They have a bunch of charitable initiatives always running. Get involved with them. They're very good people. This is off topic, but I think I need a new car, so I might head to Sherwood Ford. Have to. I gotta. Have to. Go see them. They'll help you. Maybe you even get to pet Gus. Do you know about Gus? No. Gus is the ambassador of smiles. Oh, the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I will get to see Gus. You should. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? If you do buy a car from Sherwood Ford, demand that you see Gus. That I get Gus. <laughs> That'll test, be a tough one. Gus would have to be in the yeah. test drive. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm not taking this thing off the lot until Gus is like front seat. Let's go. And no one else with you. Just you and Gus. Oh, yeah. And maybe the car never comes back. That'd be a good looking pairing, though, if I'm being honest. Tyler and Gus cruising. I think it's, I think it's great. All right. Absolutely great. You know what else is great? Watching the Edmonton Oilers win hockey games. Even though it's only in the preseason, I still get excited when they beat the Jets. I also got excited that Jason Greger took our airport joke and went full throttle yesterday. What joke? It's not a joke. Well, Everyone knows there's no airport in uh, Winnipeg. It's true. Unfortunately. You flying to Brandon, bus it. Well, yeah, that's what we learned yesterday, Rick. You were telling me that Strudwick said in his time in Edmonton and in the, the NHL in general that Brandon and they take would a fly in. into Brandon. We, Rick, almost ended up in Brandon after wandering through the streets of Winnipeg one night. Yeah, well... We took a left, should have taken a right. Well, we allowed somebody to navigate that we should not have. Yeah, we ended up at the Stabby 7-Eleven. It, you know what happens. Worst pizza in the world. Worst the pizza in the world. Stabby 7-Eleven? Dude, you even, had to ring a doorbell for them to let you in. Yeah, oh, and then he like, looked at us through the door. He's like, mm, all right. And, and then he kind of like, when we got in there, he gave us a look of, what are you even doing here? Yeah, that's weird. And then I had the worst pizza of all time. I didn't it think it was going to happen, but it was so bad, I made everybody try it. It was terrifying. I there. made everybody try it. It was the worst. 7-Eleven is on Skip the Dishes. I think you have to ask yourself where, you are, where you are. This is before that. I'm just saying, you got to ask yourself where you are in life if you're ordering 7-Eleven pizza. Where you are in life is probably on your couch Dude, enjoying yeah. your evening. <laughs> and Their you don't want to leave. are great. Like Tyler said last year, can you get them to go there and do like a little mixer in the Slurpee section? Yeah. Like if I want to, if I'm like, okay, I want a Slurpee, but they have cherry Pepsi and regular Pepsi. I want half cherry, half regular, and then like a little bit of seven up on top. You put that in the notes. No problem. That guy's doing it for you. 
For how much you know about skip the dishes driving, do you do skip the dishes driving? I never have, but I've oh. never had no complaints about it. I've asked some weird things. Yeah, all right. Maybe I might earn myself a little bit of extra income this year and drive for skip the dishes myself. I've debated it. Sometimes you got to. Sometimes you got to. But I want to get back to the Edmonton Oilers. There was a couple things from last night's game against the Jets I wanted to talk about. One, Connor McDavid looked real good. Real good. In his first preseason game, his legs were there, his feet were there, but maybe the hands were a little bit rusty. Last night, no such thing. Everything came together. Everything came together, and he looked fucking awesome. I heard during the day that he came out and said he wanted one more game because he wanted to, you know, he wasn't feeling his game yet. And I kind of, when I heard that, I laughed. I was like, Winnipeg's in for a, a win, like, well, they're in for a treat tonight. He's coming out, he's putting on the pressure, and he's playing like mid season. Do you think that with that drive and that work ethic, that that pushes his teammates to work harder, seeing how hard he's going in the preseason i definitely like when people were talking about like oh is he a good enough leader for this team is he capable of doing all that blah 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 i think he's just the ultimate lead by example kind of guy i obviously we're not in the room but i i don't think there's too many times during the year where he'll stand up and give the raw raw speech but i think just being around him seeing how hard he works in practice and all that stuff and how hard he works off the ice i think that in itself is a leadership quality that maybe gets overlooked sometimes when we talk about mcdavid i mean me and you Talked to Eric Griba the other day, and not, sure to, did. not to spoil too much of it because it'll be dropping on Nation Real Life next Tuesday. But he kind of even said, like in practice and stuff, he, he it seemed like McDavid was almost going easy on everyone. Yeah, to paraphrase, he was yeah. like, he kind of slows it down to make sure that we don't all look dumb, which is great. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Another thing I want to talk about from last night's game is the potential, the answer, Thomas Yerkcho. Is it Yerkcho? That's how it was being pronounced last night. I think we. I, I think I'm going with Tommy J. Tommy J. Tommy J. Yeah. The what about Tommy G? Lieutenant you don't want to get con- yeah. Tommy you don't want to get confused that. though. Tommy J. Or Tommy G. Or you just go handsome Tom. Well, it's, it's handsome Tom. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's. Although you could call Thomas your your Joe. You yeah. could call him handsome yeah. Tom. Maybe. Joe. No, he can't. He doesn't no. have the locks. Tommy um, G. Looking good. But yeah, they're going with the Yerk Joe. Um, he's looking really good, but. The past few years of watching Oilers preseason hockey has like completely jaded me. I don't care. Like to me, it's like let's see if he can do it in the regular season. We saw Ratty like the world on fire last year in the preseason. He scored like five points in one game. Like I don't know. It's it's impressive and it's a good sign because you'd rather have everyone play well than everyone play bad. But at the same time, I'm taking this all with a massive grain of salt this year. But you gotta you gotta think, Nick, that Thomas Yarcho made us has a spot in the roster, right? It seems that way. Um, he's playing tonight with McDavid. Uh, well, that's how it was night, in the, night. that how it, that's how it is in the morning skate. Yes, and uh, Tibbet did just say that they'll decide if McDavid's playing at a later time. I think Tyler makes a good point, though. Preseason is always grain of salt. You can't. You, it's so hard to really know what's going on, how these guys are going to actually play when the real hockey starts. But the way he's played so far, it does look like he has a spot somewhere he has that speed he showed a good amount of skill especially was it that second goal yep we kind of dragged it across and put it far side so right now it's nothing but optimism and he definitely is showing some rick where do you think thomas yorkcho fits in the in the roster i'm going to start him off on line one with connor and leon that's he wheels. Like, yeah, he, honestly, he, he fit in pretty well there last night. And, uh, you know, I'll jump on board with you guys here. It's, you know, it's only preseason. Let's not get our uh, hopes up too much because we've had our hearts broken before. But he looked good last night. He uh, he can keep up. He's got hands. And the thing that I like the most is he wants to shoot the damn puck mm-hmm. every time. They said more than once, every time he gets the puck, he's looking to put it on the net. My question is, though, he's a left shot. Is he not? Mm-hmm. So then he plays the right side or dry side? No, 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 no. He dry side will play the right side. No, no, no. Right no, you put you put your show on the right side. I would put you dry side on shot. the right side so that his because he's just as good on the backhand as he is on the forehand. Yeah, but it's going to be easier to take a shot on your off on your off wing than it was on your on your wing. I, so I, put, I guess you do have a couple shooter, of passers there. Yeah, put the shooter on his off. Wing. I think dry is the shooter. Well, I mean, obviously, he definitely well, he proved, fucking himself, he proved himself last shot. year that he can do it. But if you're going to bring in a guy like Yurcho who's going to come in there and just be a, just 100% a shooter, then, yeah, you let Leon and Connor do their thing, but you tell Yurcho to go up and down the right side, and when you get an opportunity, one of those two is, one of the two will find you, and you put it in. If not, then they're going to be able to go short side on the goaltender because he's going to start cheating over the other side. Do you think that Thomas Yurcho has they replaced... Asked, they asked the player how to say it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you think they? he replaced Zach Cassian in on that first line trio, or does Cass still get the start? Uh, I, I think he certainly can. Maybe not right, not right off the hop, but the reason I say that is because I am a little bit intrigued by the possibility of a Cassian. Um, I'm intrigued by the possibility of a Cassian Nugent Hopkins Neil line. I, I think Cassian could bring some speed to that line, which they desperately need. Like Sam Gagne simply couldn't keep up with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. James Neal barely keeps up with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think having Cassian there as a bit of a burner could work. And I mean, like you said, Rick, when McDavid and Drysaddle are doing their own thing, you almost don't need another burner on that line. Yurko can just kind of be in the picture. He doesn't have to be right there involved in the action type of thing. Um, so I, the reason I think Yurko could get a look there, or Yurko, Yurko. Yurko. Is because uh, I, I think Cassian might be a decent fit on that second line. I mean, he didn't play any NHL hockey last year. Your show, I'm talking about, right? He played all in the two for two teams in the AHL, and before that, he played 29 games for the Blackhawks. So, again, we're doing we're getting excited, of course, but is it not going to take a little bit of time to get back into that NHL playing shape? I guess is the question. When sure. you're play, when you're when you're skating third to uh, Connor and Leon, though, you have a little more time to get adapted, and you're gonna have a little more uh, room for error in there. I think you have less, don't you? No, you have more because they 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 make they make more space for you. So if you're not necessarily right on top of things, they'll still find you. So uh, they can make up for some. The reason mistakes. I bring this up is because of the Cassian thing. Why is Cassian losing his job where he's proven he can play on that top line for an extended period of time for a guy who's played? 25 NHL games in two seasons. It's a fair point. Because Cassian might still be able to help you on the second line. I don't I don't even really view it as Cassian losing his job. It's just... Well, it is, Ca- though. Cassian might be better utilized at another spot if you're... Like, if Yurko is going to score Cho. you... Yurko. Yurko is going to score you. Let's say... <laughs> let's look at the first 10 games as a sample size. If Cassian's going to score you three goals on the first line, or Yurko's going to score you three goals on the first line, at the end of the day, you don't really care. If on the second line, Cassian clicks with Nugent Hopkins and Neal and makes that second line a lot more productive in a way that Yurkcho couldn't, then it... <laughs> fuck, I don't know how to say it. It is, it is, it is. I know. Um, but, but if Cassian can go down to that second line and make it more effective than Tommy J could, then to me, you're a better team <laughs> because just, of that. Just, you're just bailing on I it. bail. I'm not, I'm Tommy, Tommy J. J. Tommy J. Tommy J. <laughs> no, I agree. Put yeah. Tommy J right there, and you, do, and you allow Cassian to take a step down. If he's, that, if he's a real... Um, first line player he's going to look really good on your second line and it's mm-hmm. only going to help things out if you're able to spread your talent out a little more evenly like that your team is going to be all around better so chase on is a third fourth liner at this point now arguably where he should be okay but we're, really. we're only talking about as of october too right like you haven't played any but games yet so yeah of course they can start to filter projecting. themselves up and down and through uh, throughout the season but for october two for wednesday for opening night i have your show one <laughs> and yeah, Cassian can be too. And you know what? Honestly, after that, whether it be Archibald and Chase on a Chase and Archibald, it is what it is. All that matters to me is Patrick Russell and Colby Cave are on that number one penalty kill unit. And then You're a big Colby Cave we just, and Patrick we Russell just, guy. Absolutely. The Danish Russell. Uh, <laughs> Tyler just gave me a look like. <laughs> well, I, they told me the other day that you were really big on Colby Cave. Yeah, the guy's. I thought, you, I thought they were kidding. No. No, I told you, man. Well, I wasn't lying to you. The one thing we talk about all the time is losing guys like. We're going to talk about Latestu later. Losing role player guys like a Hendricks. These are the type of guys the Oilers need. <laughs> he Colby is neither Latestu nor Hendricks. I'm just saying yet. they're the role player guys. That, they play in your top penalty kill. They give you stability in the bottom six. Him and the Danish Russell are what we need. Okay. A lot of people really <laughs> hate Colby okay. Cave. I'm not there. I actually really like what Colby Cave can bring to a lineup. Sure. But Nick... I think you might be overvaluing Colby fucking Cave. Just, just like Colby that Cave. I'm, val- I'm valuing what he brings to the team. Was he not on the PK last year? And it was bad. <laughs> but like Riley, Riley Shea, like Gaetan Haas, Colby Cave, they're the same damn thing. Your fourth line center is your fourth line center. Well, okay. And well, if you're going to. Where are you getting? I don't know about that. You know what? In a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, you know, in a couple of months, it could be Cooper Rody playing right there. So could be. In the next, and then Colby Caves out the window. In the next seven days, you could probably find seven Colby Caves on the waiver wire. Probably guys who just skate hard, hustle, know how to kill penalties, but can't score goals. Why but how I, many of them got Peter Shirelli fired though? Yeah, why can't I twice. have this? There's only twice. There's only one Colby Cave. <laughs> we can just give him an upper office job or something like that. You know, ambassadors for Absolutely. the uh, organization now. Can you Absolutely. imagine if like the Oilers put him on waivers and St. Louis picked him up? Oh my god, that'd be, be fucking amazing. good. <laughs> Speaking of amazing, good projecting to October second, I want to talk about Ethan Bear. Yeah, nobody 
including myself, saw Ethan Bear coming into camp and potentially stealing a spot, not just on the third pairing in the top four. I thought Caleb Jones was kind of the de facto guy that was going to get that spot. He's already been sent down to Bakersfield for some time now. Then Ethan Bear has been steady throughout the preseason. Last night, capping it off with two big goals. The second of which was a fucking skill goal that I haven't seen from a defenseman in a long time. What do you guys think about Ethan Bear? What has made him successful so far this preseason? Well, the, just on a broader look at Ethan Bear, this just proves the old line that development is not a straight line, man. This is a guy picked in the fifth round two seasons ago when he came up and played like those 15 to 20 games. Everyone was like, here we go, Ethan Bear. Next year, he can crack the team. Like, giddy up, let's go. And then last year, he got jumped by Caleb Jones. He battled some inconsistency. He battled injury, and it was kind of like, meh. He became the forgotten one. It was all about Jones. It was about Bouchard. And the Swedes. And the Swedes coming, like Pearson and Broberg. And now, like, again, he's just jumped right back over everyone thanks to a good offseason. Um, I never thought his skating was bad, but now his skating looks like a real strength. His edge work has really improved, um, which I know is just kind of a bit of a filler buzzword that people throw around, but that goal was a great example of it. And the thing I'm most impressed with him, just his ability to eat minutes. Like, he played mm-hmm. 20 even strength minutes almost in that game against Winnipeg. If you're going to be on the second pairing with Oscar Clefbaum, you have to be able to play lots of even strength minutes because when Dave Tippett wants to start rolling Oscar Clefbaum out there and when Oscar's feeling it, he's going to be playing a lot. So his partner has to play a lot too. I like that Ethan Bear was eating the minutes and not making dumb plays. He was just giving them solid hockey. Do you guys like the pairing of Ethan Bear and uh, Oscar Clefbaum? I definitely do. Uh, you know what? I even coming into the into camp this year, I thought an outside chance that because all these new names are put ahead of Bear, I was really questioning whether he had that in him to you know force you to take that next step. And obviously he does because he's definitely emerged as the uh, the best of the defensive prospects as of right now. And playing last night with Clefbaum with all those minutes, he fit in very, very well. Poised with the puck, can move it well, can skate. Big shot. got a hell of a bomb from the point. A lot of good things. The only thing I really want to see last night was maybe, and you know, it's only a preseason game, so why not give him some of the the minutes on the the first power play? Yeah, I think the Oilers have been looking for a shooter at the top of their power play for a long time. Right, shooter. That's what I was going to say. I think that's what he brings as a value to the team is he has that bomb from the right side that they haven't had in a long time. Um, Tyler, I don't know who was the last person we really had that could bring that. I mean, that's, I brought Surrey up earlier and that's who comes to mind for me. Like it's been so long since you had a guy that can, you can rely on to, to bring that factor. Clefbaum can do it, but not, not, he doesn't do it consistently. It seems like, and obviously from the other side, but it's from the other side. um, Yeah, no, you know, if Pearson doesn't get hurt though, what happens with bear? That's the question. Does he stay up in the, on the third pairing or does he get sent back down for a bit? We, we won't know now because he has basically has the spot mm-hmm. to lose, but it's interesting how injury can really, it, that's what kind of moved him down the depth chart last year. Cause like you said, he was injured a lot in yeah. Bakersfield and in, in the minors. And then, uh, and now an injury has moved him back up the depth chart. So I think he would have taken that spot anyways, just naturally the way his games and playing versus Parisons of like bear a little bit more. He's he just kind of fits in there a little bit better. And I think just, you know, whether it had been today or, or after Saturday or maybe in a week or two, he would have naturally played his way uh, above Pearson. Yeah, and I think I almost agree with you on that as well. I wasn't overly impressed with Pearson. He looked all right. He looked, looked all like, right, but at best all right. Yeah, at best all right. And I think he's a guy who they're okay putting as the seventh defenseman. I don't think they're okay with Bear being a seventh defenseman. No, it doesn't help. Um, if, if Bear was a seventh def- defenseman, you would have been playing him... 30 to 50 games a year like this yeah. year if, if you know so you get a sprinkle minute out because he's not that super duper young but at a point right now where you're probably going to want him uh, playing more than uh than obviously sitting in the, in the in the box plus we have manning for that so well i think manning's going down <laughs> i think that, too expensive to i think that's eat popcorn yeah and i think the seventh defenseman spot's going to go to either pearson or uh will Lagison. Yeah. Lagison. is that Lagison? i've heard Lagison. that's another name that's fucking yeah. me up right now man willie l your joke Willie L. Of course, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant again. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. As I mentioned, they have got plenty of charitable initiatives that you're going to want to be involved with, as well as if you see the nation truck cruising around, tag both Oilers Nation HQ, new Twitter handle, Oilers Nation HQ and Sherwood Ford on social with a hashtag nation truck and you'll be entered to win a hundred dollar gift card. Can I share with you guys a tweet coming from Calgary? Please. Eric Francis. Oh can boy. report the Flames and Toby Reader's agent, Darren Ferris, 
Our talking contract, his play during camp, made signing the speedy German a no-brainer. Nice. I'm going to love to see that goose egg on their uh, totals next year. He's scoring 10 goals this year. Uh, that's what I think, too. He's I think gonna he's going to sign league 10. men, get, score 10. And on a line with Luch. <laughs> Speaking of player, oh, oh. former Oilers getting points in other teams, what about uh, Andre Sekera? Andre Sekera, I've got him at, listed at 30, Tyler. What do you think about that? 30 points? 30 points on the year. I think you might be underselling him a bit. See, Nick? Oh. Nick was arguing with me all day. I think he could be like a 10, 10 goals, 30 assist guy. Or, yeah, 10 goals, 30 assist guy. Could be. Could be. He's going to be playing with a ton of offense there in Dallas. That was my point. Does Nick was pushed, mocking me. I actually had 35 points, and then Nick mocked me so much that I had to shave five. Yeah. Does he get pushed down the lineup at all be, with uh, a yeah. younger defenseman ahead of him? Yeah, yeah he'll be he third might, pairing for sure. He still might just milk easy matchups and milk second power play units. Like, if their top power play unit is going to be Ben Sagan, Radulov, uh, in on the point, and whoever else they decide to throw in front of the net, he could be on a second power play unit with Corey Perry, Joe Pavelski, John Klinberg, and another option there, Rupe Hintz. Two of those names do not scare me at all. I think one thing we forget here is that a lot of teams power play too, they get a couple more minutes than ours do. Yeah, like not everyone just runs yes. their top unit for <laughs> yes. nine, 95 <laughs> so, seconds. So, so the point I made is because Sekra has broken 30 points like four times in his career. And every time he's done that. Two he's, of which were with the Oilers. He's, he, and he's averaged over 20 minutes a game doing that. So I, I just don't think he's playing 20 minutes a game in Dallas. Nick just hates my takes. I, I just And also Sekra's knee's got to hold up for 82 games. Yeah, like this is all obviously the big caveat is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? But I I think they're going to have a night. I think they're going to be surprised with how effective Sekra can be. I've Mm. already heard some positive reports coming out of there. The big thing is just staying healthy. Tons of good news coming out of there. If you're listening to this right now and we set the over-under at 29.5, hit me up at ON Radio Podcast or at JSBM Bag Milk and tell me if I am correct or if Nick is dumb like I suspect (laughs) that he is. I'm taking the over. See? Everybody's taking the over. Yeah. Okay. Him getting hit in that game in Anaheim really derailed the Oilers, hey? And his career for the next 18 months, essentially. Yeah, because I I still think that the way he, like, avoided putting pressure on that knee ends up hurting you on the other side. Probably. Some kind of... Well, it's like a Kevin Durant Murphy's Law kind of thing. Yeah, like, you you know, you've... You're putting more pressure on other ligaments and other... Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. That just gives me flashbacks to that gif that came out when he, like, snapped his... Whatever that was. Oh, and it's, oh yeah, you can see it like the, you can see it moving yeah. like the sock. Uh, I've seen those on the NFL too. Oh man, that's bad. I can watch a lot of injuries, but those ones get me the most because I think that's got to be the most. There was the guy like five, maybe longer ago in the NCAA tournament when he like broke his uh, femur, his leg snap, and it right just went the... sideways. Oh yeah, <laughs> on the enough. Line? yeah. <laughs> enough. One thing I want to bring up. Uh, speaking about strange tastes, last night Mark Latestu, former friend, was caught on camera on the bench. Taking a quick shot of mustard. Why is it a strange taste? Like it's something new, right? So they're supposed to. Just, I love mustard. I, well, I, that was what I was going to say. I could do that, no problem. I'm a big mustard guy. Oh yeah, no, I can no problem do I, that. I have never seen somebody just take a quick shot yeah. of mustard. I go no, only no. mustard on my hot dogs. I'm starting to walk around with mustard in my pocket from now on. I don't want to cramp up. So anymore. is this supposed to be like a like a? Uh, There's got to be like some sort of like electrolytes. That's what I was going to say. Electrolytes. Shit. Yeah. We have since learned, uh, friend of the network, Reed Wilkins, reporting. That taking a shot of mustard is actually supposed to help with cramping. Ah, there's lots of things, though, but that not can in help the with not in the electric light way, though. Like oh, I, really? I saw something else. Some it's like anything that has like a str- very strong flavor, because it's like when you're cramping, it's supposed to be like mus or uh, nerve issues or something like that. Mm. I just like that this is an NHL team we're talking about. And I mean, I understand that this is Winnipeg. They have very high curbs. Their cabs only allow four people in them at most. No airport. A no lot airport. more walking, a lot more cramping. They're going to know. They do have Mitzi's, though, which made some of the best chicken fingies that I've ever had. The honey mustard there was fantastic. Mustard again. There you go. See, we're talking about the mustard again. However, I find it funny that an NHL team would have like little packets of mustard for a situation like this and not some kind of something else. Do you know what I mean? Like a bio no, steel no, no. They gel ran... that he rubs on himself or something? Well, this was like their owner who said it or something like that. So this is like Jerry Jones of the, you know, the Jets coming out and saying, hey, guys, he start doing that. And he reaches into his pocket and, you know, filters around the uh, unwrapped uh, Werther's Originals and throws a couple mustard packets. Hey, try well, this. Chara drinks like Coke on the. Yeah, Chara will drink Coke on, this, uh, on the bench. Miles Wood drinks uh, pickle juice. That's, I think, like a, an a electrolyte more thing. More common. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that when you're hungover. Yeah. Or chasing some delicious Jameson. 
want to. I sure. can't do that, man. I can't do pickles. I can't do pickle juice. I can't do mustard. Fuck all that. <laughs> Mustard's good. I, I, I agree with you. The pickle juice there. I know a lot of a lot of friends who they uh, they like to chase their yeah. Jack Daniels or Jamo with um, pickle juice, and I think that's just disgusting. Oh, pickleback, horrible. I like pickles, and I would never drink pickle juice. You guys are all animals out there. <laughs> you gotta pull your lives together. Fuck sakes, get a Gatorade or something. Jesus, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Mark Latestu. So, <laughs> and the Jets. I love that Mark Latestu drinking, taking a shot of mustard turned into like an instant meme. It was, was everywhere in minutes, last night. In minutes, it was everywhere. all over the world. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And I also love that he got a point last night, so I got to use our cheering video from when we were in Winnipeg. That video always makes me smile. Mark Latestu, because a uh, friend of the nation, Mandy's, with his ridiculous ponytail and handlebar mustache. Looking like uh, Minshew back then. <laughs> Gardner Minshew Gardner has Minshew. a picture that uh, <laughs> is identical to Mandy's. Of course, that was when uh, the nation took over the Heritage Classic a couple of years ago. That was a long bus ride. Hell of a time. Long, long bus ride. I had a thought last night and I tweeted about it and I wanted to get your guys' take. Wouldn't it be fun to know who is Ken Holland's most hated Shirelli era player? I know Rick's answer. Like somebody he looks at <laughs> when he's like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Rick's going to say Chris Russell. I wish. Who, is, who do you got, Rick? It has to be Luch. Luch is gone. Well, he gone now. Yeah. Right? So like, it and it's going to be like, it's got to be like a business worst or a personal worst. Because the business worst is Luch and he's gone. He's gone. Well, he can't get rid of Koskinen, which is, gets my vote. Well, he just hasn't really tried it. He had to get rid of the, the, the worst albatross first. Now we can start working on the next couple. Tyler, what do you think? My first answer was going to be Russell, but now that you bring up Koskinen, boy, I bet you Ken Holland would have liked to go out and sign Peter Morazic or Robin Leonard with that $4.5 million sure. this summer. Like, it has to be Koskinen then. It absolutely has to be Koskinen. There's no other acceptable answer. Koskinen is the only one. He's the Albatross contract. Goaltending might sink this team this year. We'll probably definitely, quite possibly, sink this team this year. So it's got to be Koskinen. Every Nick? Oiler shooter tutor is just a large picture of Charlie's face. I think... Um Koskinen is a, is one of the more obvious answers, but I'm going to go with uh, Colby three. Cave. I'm going to go with three. Definitely not. I'm going to go with because if not for Colby Cave, he wouldn't have the job because Shirley would not have been fired. Excellent point. I'm going to go with three players, and they're going to be Benoit Pouliot, Eric Griba, and Andre Sekera because right space. now that's 3.8 million in dead cap space. That's a that's a banger of a point. That is a great. Cou- coupled with the Koskinen four four and a half, that's almost what are you looking at nine two hundred million dollars yeah. something like that. For, that's a really good player if you were looking at some more scoring depth there to improve the D. Nick with some math. Nick Quick with math. some math. Man, if the calculator on that iPhone, if I didn't have it though. Whew. Remember in elementary school? I remember in elementary school my teachers would be like, yeah, you're like not always going to have years. a calculator on you. Huh. <laughs> I was like, psych. Yes, I will. Um, one thing I want to bring up, we got a couple of guests coming up in a few minutes, but one thing I want to bring up, our friends over at Jets Nation, very happy today because Patrick Laine signed a two-year agreement or six, seven, five per season. My question for you gentlemen, do the Braden Point, Matthew Kachuk, and Patrick Line contracts, albeit they're all bridge deals, do they make Toronto look even worse for the way they handled Matthews and Marner? Big money taking them after the point of losing their rights. Tyler? The Marner deal is bad. It's about a million and a half dollar overpay. Um, it doesn't make Toronto look like these deals don't make Toronto look any worse because Toronto bought years, and there's a difference there, right? They Marner's bought, only three, right? Marner's five. five. Marner's, Marner's five? Yeah. So they bought like a handful of extra years of Mitch Marner. Um, Marner's a six-year deal, by the way. Is it? Um, yeah, it's a six-year deal for Mitch My Marner. My apologies. $10.893 million. Um, So they bought extra years, so that's completely different in all of this. He shouldn't be at 10.9. He should be at like 9.9, 9.5 for those six years. They overpaid, but it, it's not like an egregiously terrible contract. And I don't think all these short-term bridge deals make it that much different because, like, look at a guy like Matt Kachuk. That final year of his deal, he's going to get a qualifying offer north of $9 million. Mm-hmm. So now, the fourth year of the contract, Kachuk's already making nine. If they go with a long-term deal deal with Kachuk after that, it's probably going to be north of $11 million, you'd have to think. So I think all these, they're just, they're pushing the money further down the road, whereas Toronto took the option of let's buy the years and get the cost certainty. So I don't think it's like egregiously terrible. I do think Marner's about a million to a million and a half overpaid, but these bridge deals don't really change my opinion on it. Nick? My opinion with uh, Kyle DeBass is that 
he gets uh, branded a lot as being this like sort of genius, this young savant. He wears glasses. Yeah. Um, and I just think he's a pretty regular general manager. I think everything he's done has been pretty regular for the Maple Leafs. I think he's signed guys to what everyone thought they would get. There's nothing he's done with this roster that's been innovative. He's basically just, he gave money to a guy like Tavares with what he wanted. And then he signed Matthews and Marner and all these guys to what people thought they would get. But he got that defenseman out of L.A. that everyone was very excited about yeah, last year. I mean, they've got Morgan Riley under contract for next year. They've, they've got one defenseman. So with the bridge deals, I think it's... I, but I think that Toronto's in a different place than these other teams. Because I think Toronto is in a win-now attitude. And so they did whatever they could to get this roster set up to win either this year, for sure this year, and possibly next year while these other teams are a little bit more forward-thinking with the way they're signing these guys to bridge contracts, is what it seems like. And the Lonnie thing, obviously, like, he doesn't really want to play there, it seems. So he's kind of getting the money he can now and then maybe going to work his way out there later. Rick, last word. Yeah, isn't two years, like, trying to get out of there really fast? That's but they still I, maintain I, his rights. Uh, he can't do anything in two years, so... Would you look at flipping him right now? For $6.75 million for a guy Probably. like Lionel. What can you get in return for him? Probably. If you know that he doesn't want to be there long term. Probably a damn good defenseman to fill the Dustin Bufflin hole. Right? Sure. Yeah. Well, does this change his opinion, though? Does he but, come back now with Lonnie under contract? Bufflin, I mean. Mm, I don't think no. that's going to that's not going to change him at all. I mean, you, everybody expects Lionel to be back eventually anyway. So if, he, if that was a thing, he would be there anyways. He's got some other issues he's got to deal with. Because a guy his size... Staying in hockey shape, yeah, has got to be horrendous. Yeah, because these are the guys who like they're when they're done for you know a week, they blow up forty pounds because yeah. that's just naturally what their size is. And there's nothing wrong with that. that's just who they are. Yeah, thick boys. But man, would it suck to have to sit there and keep it at you know like some two thirty when you're naturally walking around at like two seventy. When all you want to do is go to skipthedishes.ca and order a team sub. Oh, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, no, you I pre-order that, don't you? I can't have carbs. I can't have carbs, but all I want is a six-foot team sub. Can Dustin Bufflin get it delivered to his boat? Absolutely. Cool. If you go to skipthedishes.ca and you put in the memo that they're, you're going to have to swim out with my spicy chicken sandwich out to my boat, wherever I'm at, I'm pretty sure they'll do it. Bufflin will allow you on the boat. You can hang out, have a good party with them. No problem. You'll make that swim every time. He'll even buy a sandwich for you, probably. I've heard some big, I've heard some big buff stories, his, uh, party stories, and they sound like a good time. So yeah, his boat make, will turn into one of those floating Wendy's. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> floating Wendy's are the way forward. Thankfully, Wendy's is on skipthedishes.ca. But you know what's not? We were talking about it earlier. We need Arby's to get on skipthedishes.ca. Honestly, we who do need we, it. Who do we have to talk to? I don't know who we need to talk to. I don't know a, a, how many roast beef and cheddars I have to personally buy. But I'm working on it. Another Arby's has shuttered its doors in Edmonton. Oh, stop this. This is terrible. We need you. Skip the dishes. The only reason I'm not horribly upset is that it one's kind of far away from me. I've got two closer, and those are my go-tos. <laughs> if the one in my hood closes, I'm going to be super pissed. They can't, super man. pissed. They can't. Can't. They're skip the dishes. The ca. They are. They're doing upgrades. It's beautiful in there. Fantastic. Pristine. <laughs> skip the dishes. ca. We need you to get in touch with Arby's management. We need this. We need you to pull your delicious weight with our friends at Arby's. Because we need them meats. And an onion bun? Man, those are good. Absolutely. I went with the two thick boys yesterday. But do you have to? Two roast beef and cheddars. Large. Oh, you got to get the big ones. And they Very come nice. in like the plastic. They don't mm-hmm. wrap them. They come in the uh, container like a Big Mac would. Absolutely. Oh, that's the good life. And then a couple Absolutely. extra Arby sauces. You need, to, you need to put some extra on there. 100%. And excuse me, miss. Can I get an extra like uh, shot of cheese on mine, please? <laughs> Skipthedishes.ca. Put your extra cheese order in the memo. They will take care of it for you because they're fine people and they want to feed you. Tyler, press the button. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome back. We are here with a Mary Browns pop-in with Kat Silverman. She writes for the Nation Network. She writes for Ingold Magazine. She writes for The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at Kat M. Silverman. Kat, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Wonderful. Wonderful. The regular season is upon us. Finally, preseason's almost done. It's out of the way. Are you excited? Yeah, I uh, I feel like the summer was really long, and then uh, then preseason somehow snuck up on me, and then it just kind of flew right by. It's uh, kind of surprised that uh, we're what a week away from the regular season, a couple days away. Absolutely. 
big, big times. So Kat, we wanted to ask you a, about the Arizona Coyotes and what to expect from them this year. Obviously, they made a big trade this year, this summer acquiring Phil Kessel. They also got Carl Soderberg. What are you expecting from the Arizona Coyotes in 2019-2020? You know, if you guys had asked me this uh, three days ago, I would have said the playoffs. Um, I think that they finally have what they need. They've looked like a balanced team for the last probably year and a half, uh, with the exclusion of scoring. <laughs> you know, they've had a, they finally shaped up their blue line. They have one of the stronger blue lines in the league. Finally had good goaltending from both a starter and uh, a tandem. You know, they had uh, Andy Ronto, Darcy Kemper, two quality NHL caliber names that are both right around that 30-year-old mark, so they're not too old, they're not too inexperienced, uh, and they had good center depth, they had good good depth forwards, good two-way forwards, and they just didn't have a consistent scorer. And so they brought in Phil Castle, and that seems to really sort of at least bring in one player that you feel fairly confident is going to be able to hit that 70-point margin, give or take. And if Clayton Keller is able to bounce back, you know, he had, I believe, 65 points his rookie season. So that's, you know, you have two guys who who can do a good job of finding the back of the net. And then yesterday we found out that on Toronto's day-to-day with yet another lower body injury. So I don't know if that's my answer anymore. I, uh, it's almost becoming like a like a broken record. We haven't seen Auntie Ronta healthy consistently during regular season action since I believe late October of 2018, and I don't know how much longer the team really is gonna is gonna wait around to see if he can be consistently healthy. You know, so right now they have Darcy Kemper at the very least who can do a good job for them, but we thought they were gonna have a really good workload management system in place by having both of them, which I think is one of the keys to being a playoff team. And uh, as of right now, we don't know if it's truly day-to-day or if it's a longer-term injury that they're just waiting to evaluate in the days leading up to the start of the season. But uh, it's not what we wanted to hear. So I think right now I'll, I'll call them a maybe moving forward. I think they all of a sudden have a giant question mark. What is it about the Coyotes? Like as Oilers fans, we've watched the Coyotes take our lunch money for years, despite not necessarily having the <laughs> highest talent available. What is it about that team where they always seem to outwork their opponent? Uh, you know, it's, I think this is something that Oilers fans will appreciate hearing. I think that Dave Tippett had a lot to do with it. He, um, Almost to the point where at the end it became a bit of a detriment. He was a little too blue collar to really get the young guys to take a step forward, but he's fantastic at getting those depth guys who maybe a more talent driven coach would have said, you know, you're not you're not showing me the hands, you're not showing me the speed. I need to I'm only gonna play you for five minutes a night. He would say, Okay, you're showing me the face off wins, that's at the very least giving us pop possession to start and he was good at, you know, turning every little bit of work ethic into whatever type of talent he could get from it. And we saw it with quality penalty kills, which, I mean, they didn't have a really good offense. They didn't have a strong power play for a long time, but they had a really good penalty kill. And they had guys like Tobias Reeder who put up his best years under Dave Tippett. And we've seen what happens when he's not being given that same attention. Um, They had... Feet and ears from guys like yeah that's me I, I hope he does well if Calgary finds him but uh that's that was uh that was painful um but no you know Tippett managed to get a lot out of guys who maybe didn't have naturally a lot to give and I think that that probably and he's very realistic with them he would say you know you you need to work more than the other guys to get the same results and I think that that realism really sort of created that blue collar underdog team that maybe sometimes took an Oilers team that had more on paper talent by surprise um that was obviously back I want to say five or six years ago that that was really when they were really taking their lunch money there but but yeah I think that's uh maybe the Oilers will get to see that now that they have tippets. God willing. Anyway, 
Um, looking at the uh, the Coyotes lineup, obviously, like you said, you're expecting Phil Kessel to produce. Uh, is there anybody you're expecting to have a bounce back season that maybe didn't have a great year last year? Or is there anybody that you think may be just set for a breakout season in general? Um, I think that it's not even a hope. It's almost a requirement that Clayton Keller has a bounce back. Last year was a pretty injury-riddled year for the Coyotes. I think at one point they were playing wingers, like positional wingers, as two of their centers on the depth chart because they just they had so many guys out with injury. Um, and some of the younger guys saw their numbers take a hit because of it. And I think that Clayton Keller was one of those. He finished with 47 points after a 65-point rookie year. Um he has to bounce back. You know, that's, that's one of those plays that it's not a hope that he'll break out. It's, we've seen him do it. Now we need to see him do it again. Um, when it comes to breakouts, I I think he's getting a little old to truly consider it a breakout. But Vinny Hinnestroza did a lot with very little last year. He's one of those players who sometimes had to take draws, and that's not necessarily where he plays his strongest game. So, He's another player that I think could maybe start to hit that, you know, sort of flirt with that 20 goal margin there. Um, I think beyond that, we may see more from Connor Garland. Um, we may get to see Barrett Hayton. I believe he is set to make the team. Uh, that's what we've been told so far. Um, he was kind of a surprise when he was drafted. I think people thought he was going to go a little bit lower. So hopefully he will be a pleasant surprise for people who laughed at that pick. Um, but beyond that, I think that one of the nice things for Coyotes fans is that this wasn't a high turnover summer. This is a summer that they kept a lot of their pieces from last year together. So hopefully there aren't too many surprises, uh, not just from young players, but just from anyone in general. Hopefully, as long as they're all healthy, they produce exactly like they have in the past. Changing gears a little bit, you had mentioned Dave Tippett. Obviously, he's now the Edmonton Oilers head coach after spending a long time in Arizona, as did Mike Smith. Mike Smith has got, right now, he's battling for Miko Koskinen. I want to I get your take on both of those guys, but I want to start with Mike Smith. What should Oilers fans expect from that guy? <laughs> um, very strong opinions on how the team's playing. Uh, he's it can sometimes hurt the team, but sometimes it can it can actually be the the kick in the butt that they need. Um, he's not afraid to call out the team if they're if they're slacking off, if they're not putting together a sixty minute night. Um, and occasionally, he's known for holding himself accountable too. You know, he'll say that it wasn't a good night for him. He'll say that he could have done a better job on X, Y, and Z goals. Um, I I would I hate to say it, uh, they can expect some inconsistency. A very good Mike Smith can stop 50 to 55 shots a night and only allow maybe one goal uh, so he can win you a game. But then occasionally, Mike Smith can also be the guy who loses you a game. And Calgary fans were driven a little nuts with that last year. Um, I think that Oilers fans might be driven a little nuts by it too. But when he's on his game, I mean... He's 37, and he put up some really, really impressive games even last year as a 36-year-old goalie. So they can, at the very least, look forward to an exciting style of play, and they can look forward to lots of pucks being played. He's a, he's a very active goalie, so they can, they can look forward to some breakout passes from him, some successful, some not, um, and some really scary looks. He'll pass the opponent's way. He's he's not afraid to let them know when he's unhappy with how things are going. Speaking of driving Oilers fans nuts, Miko Koskinen's glove hand has been doing that for a whole <laughs> year now. You're going when, once I get my shit together. You're going to be doing a look at Koskinen for us for Oilers Nation. Is it possible? And at least humor me that a 31 year old goaltender can improve his glove hand in a short off season window. I think it's possible. Um, I don't think that you can get it. I don't think that you can perfect it in the off season. Um, really, once you once you pass that thirty year old margin, the best you can hope for is adaptive improvements in style. You know, you can take a guy and adapt his game to fit his body as he ages and as he progresses. And at that point, you're not really looking at development anymore. You're looking at workload management you're looking at style management so you can you can expect that if he really focused on it over the summer he can improve 
but you can't see him completely overhaul, I don't think. And so that that may not be the answer that Oilers fans were hoping for. Um, but I do think that, you know, and we saw it at the beginning of the year from him, right before he signed his stellar contract extension with the team. Um, yeah, thanks, Pete. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was a that one was one for the books. Um, right before he signed that, he was doing incredibly well, and he's he's got the natural talent. So you don't necessarily need him to turn into into Pecorino. You know, you don't need him to be the most accurate finished goalie with his glove hands. You just need him to be passable in his weakest area, and I think that's that's doable. It's just not a guarantee. So. I won't. I don't want to go on record saying anything that uh, will come back to bite me. But I, I do think that it's possible for sure. Last question before we let you go. Looking at the Oilers' goaltending tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, is this a duo that could get this team back to the playoffs? I think that it's. <laughs> I think it's a duo that won't necessarily play them out of the playoffs if they play correctly but I don't think that they are necessarily going to be a tandem that steals the team a playoff spot. It's going to be up to the rest of the roster to meet the same expectations that the goaltending tandem meets. Uh, But it is a tandem that you won't necessarily be booing throughout the season. You know, it's not going to be San Jose very clearly made the playoffs in spite of their goaltending last year. They had two guys with under a 900 save percentage, and I don't necessarily think that that's what Oilers fans have to look forward to. I think that both guys have the potential to bounce back this year. Thank you very much, Kat. This has been a Mary Brown's pop-in. Go check out, go follow Kat on Twitter at Kat M. Silverman and read all her stuff around the Nation Network at Ingold Magazine and at The Athletic. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Absolutely, you too. Follow Oilers Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a Mary Brown's pop-in. We have got Ken Bulky coming with to us with a Vegas Golden Knights preview from Sinbin Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at Ken Bulky. Ken, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Real quick question for you. Very easy. What are you expecting from the Golden Knights this year? Stanley Cup, right? Always. <laughs> um, after the, should I be expecting something else? No, but after the disappointing end of last season, losing out to the Sharks, like the fan base, is there a little bit of pressure on this organization this year? Well, there's a lot of pressure on the organization. I actually put a poll out on Twitter not too long ago, basically saying, what would you consider a failure? And I think it was 87% said they have to win at least two rounds. At least two rounds. Whew. Yeah, <laughs> those are uh, the so, lofty expectations. Yeah, do you that, think that's pressure? If I've ever heard of it, yeah. Do you think that the the moves that have happened so far this off season, or guys bouncing back, like maybe a Max, Max Pacioretty type, are going to help them get there, or do you think that's lofty expectations? Uh, I, I think they're a really good team. I mean, I think they're certainly the best team in the Pacific. I think they're right there in in the West, if not the best team in the West. And then you know. It's, if you do that, you're in the final. There's your three rounds, so that's that's good there. I, they didn't do a lot in the offseason that was positive. All they did was ship guys out. Colin Miller was gone. Eric Halla, Nikita Gusev. Uh, the plan was to bring a couple of rookies up and see what happens there, and I'm not even sure that's going to happen. Cody Glass doesn't look like he's going to make the roster. Uh, Nick Haig seems to be the defenseman that's probably got the best shot, and I don't know how much he's going to play. So I think they're basically the same team they were a year ago, but that team was pretty darn good, and if it wasn't some gar- with some, some garbage, they would have won the first round and probably the second round too. Looking at that offseason, what letter grade would you give the duo of Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee? Because like you said, there weren't a lot of positives. It was all just kind of about staying under the cap and making sure that you could keep all of the key pieces, right? I mean, I guess it depends kind of how you want to look at it. Because if you look at understanding that they were above the cap and that you wanted to make sure you keep a good team and then, you know, they were able to cash in on the assets. I think that's, there's a positive in the fact that they went from over the cap to getting rid of a number of different pieces and getting something back. They got Nicholas Waugh, they got a couple second round picks, they got a fifth round pick, they got Garrett Sparks to get rid of the other uh, ridiculous contract. But to me, 
when you have a team that's capable of winning and you have a team that's certainly good enough to make a tough run, you've got to find a way to keep one of the key to do ever, Eric Halla. And by not doing that, I find the offseason to be pretty darn close to a failure. Like, I don't know that I would go completely an F, but you've got a cup-winning team. You were above the cap, and there were options to get rid of. They could have gone down a different road. Nick Holt is still on the roster. Ryan Reed is still on the roster. Cody Eakin is still on the roster. There were options to go a different path, and they opted to not do it. And we're going to find out if that was the right path. To me, it was not. But uh, we got you know 82 games in the playoffs to find out. Mark andre Fleury turns 35 in November of this year. How are you guys feeling about his health and just – having him as your starter as he starts to get into, you know, the the tail end of what has been an incredible career. I think everybody's kind of on the same page. We're just like, he's a starter until he's not. And, and, you know, Father Time's eventually going to catch up to him. And when that day comes, I think there'll be a mass panic throughout the entire city. And that won't be great. But until that is the moment, I think everybody's got full trust that he's going to be perfectly fine. Everybody knows on the back of their mind that 35-year-old goalie, 36-year-old goalie, 37-year-old goalie, it happens to everybody eventually. I think everybody's kind of just got the fingers crossed, hoping it's not going to be this year, and you have to go into the season with that thought. I, I think they're in trouble if they don't have them, but I don't think they become a terrible team without them. I just don't know if they're a tough contender without them. Uh, hey, Ken, this is uh, Nick. Um, I just have a quick question uh, on the Marc-Andre Fleury thing. What is the biggest key for the – uh, Vegas Knights to go deep this year. Is it uh, Flurry maintaining his you know stellar play? Is it Pacioretty having a rebound? Is it having a full season of Mark Stone? What is the biggest key in your mind to have them go those two rounds and even deeper? I would say for the most part, it's just health in general. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think Pacioretty has to be better than he was a year ago. I don't think Stone has to be better than he was when he was with the Golden Knights. I just think they have to find a way to stay as healthy as possible when the games matter. Like, I don't think it's going to make a difference in the regular season. If they were to tell me they're going to lose somebody for 20, 30, 40 games, I wouldn't be all that concerned about it, Flurry included. But I do think when it comes to the playoff time, they're not a horribly deep team, especially when it comes to scoring. So if you take out one of the centers, if you take out a Pacioretty or, or a Sassy or, I mean, or a Stone or somebody like that, it can get dangerous for them because they're not horribly deep. So I guess my answer would be stay healthy or as healthy as physically possible. Obviously, they're not going to stay healthy, but go into the playoffs without missing more than one guy, and I think they'll be all right and have a pretty darn good shot. I wanted to end this, Ken, with a bit of a broader question on Vegas. Um, like when they started out, there was naturally a lot of people north of the border that were doubting Vegas's ability to maybe support a hockey team because hockey fans had seen what's happened in Arizona and seen what's happened in Florida. And now, like, obviously you can't argue with the success. It's one of the best ranks in the entire NHL. And now what people say is, well, you just wait till the NFL goes there and then Vegas will lose all their fans. I think that's a bullshit take. Do you kind of agree with that? Like, has Vegas done a good enough job cementing that hardcore fan base that the NFL can come, the NBA will come, but they'll still be packing that building? Oh, yeah, they'll be fine. I mean, they kind of had the perfect storm in the first season where you have the tragedy six days before the season starts, and then you have a team that just doesn't lose for an entire season. It goes all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And I think in many ways, it might have actually not been the worst thing to kind of have it go down the way it went with losing in the final and then having a year where you think you're pretty darn good at having the NHL be the NHL on you. And now you have a fan base that, that's kind of, sitting here thinking, well, when's our time coming? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but one of these, you know, they're, they're engaged, they're, uh, they become diehard fans, and they don't want to see this team lose, so I think the NFL coming is going to make absolutely no difference. Like, I really don't. I don't think the Raiders are going to be a team of Vegas. I think they're going to be the Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders that happen to play in Vegas until they do something special, which... If you know anything about football, you know that ain't happening anytime soon. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be a big deal. Obviously sponsorship money's gonna get in the way. Obviously news coverage is gonna go down a little bit just based on the fact that the NFL is the NFL. But there's no question that Vegas's team will continue to be a golden Knights, and that's not gonna change no matter what the Raiders do. Well, Ken, thanks for your time today. We're actually heading down to Vegas in February for the Oilers Nation Vegas trip, our annual trip. So uh, maybe we'll see you around. 
awesome. I'll be here. Definitely hit me up. I'll show you the best place. I'm actually sitting outside of an amazing barbecue place right now that I can bring it in. Well, it was like under zero degrees Celsius today in Edmonton, so we're incredibly jealous of you, Ken. Have a good one. Oh, my God. It's 87 Fahrenheit there. <laughs> Ken, I'm ending this call before I get any more mad about the weather. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ken. There you go, Ken Bolke from Sin Bin Vegas. And uh, I think that before the regular season, that kind of wraps up our three Pacific Division teams we wanted to preview. Because I think like we did Calgary, we did Arizona, we did Vegas. Those are kind of the most, three most interesting groups for me, at least, heading into the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. We could probably get somebody from Canucks Army, perhaps. Yeah, Vancouver the, did a lot. Vancouver's got a lot going on. Um, they've got some interesting prospects. Obviously, Elias Pedersen is fun to watch. Brock yeah. Besser is fun to watch. So maybe we'll get somebody from Canucks Army on before the season starts, or I guess maybe next week, early in the season. After the season opener, after one game, we can get everyone's overreactions. Absolutely, because one game makes a season. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Tyler, you have a Coombs hypothetical this week, don't you? We sure do. Let's listen to that right now. Do you rather, over the span of 10 years, play 10 games in the NHL and spend the rest of your time riding the bus in either the AHL or the ECHL, but you get those 10 games spread over those 10 years, or pick any European league, any one of the leagues, so Switzerland, Sweden, Finland, Czech Republic, Slovakia, anything, and be one of the best players in that league for 10 years? Okay, well, first of all, they clearly don't have microphones in Ireland or Cam. Cam's shitting. That's definitely the bathroom. He's shitting, man. It's definitely the bathroom. Like, you ask for some content for the podcast. You're like, hey, Cam, can you put together a Coombs hypothetical? And he's like, yeah, the perfect time for me to do that is, well, I'm having an elimination. So, uh, yeah, apologies for that, but you heard the question. It was, would you rather play 10 games in the NHL over 10 years, but you spend the rest of your 10-year career dancing around the A and the ECHL, or 10 years in any European league, and you're the best player? That's the easiest question ever, this, right? Send me to Europe. This is a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm playing in Switzerland. You're making way more money, too. Like, yeah, you get the 10 games of NHL or however long you're in the league for for those 10 games of NHL checks, but, man, you can go to Europe if you're the best player. You're making good coin there. I'm living in a chalet in the Alps, you know, like I'm with my Coco. That was a that was a weak question by uh, by Coom <laughs> this week. He's given us he's given us some good ones before. Yeah, but I honestly I don't see how anybody would want to uh, be the ten games in and then bust it everywhere. What if it was ten games guaranteed with the Oilers? Same thing. You know yeah, what? The not- only way you might be able to get me is if you threw a ring on my finger afterwards. If I won the Stanley Cup, if one of my fucking oh. 10 games was to win the Stanley Cup. I thought you were asking for a proposal. Oh, well, you never know. <laughs> um, yeah, if, I got, if you guaranteed yeah. me in that 10 games, I got to win the Stanley Cup, that might sway me. Oh, and I think you would have to ask a lot of guys who've been through it. Yeah. Who, you know, would probably played more than 10 games, but whatever. They've gone up and down. What would you rather do? Okay, can I offer this? What if you win, like, the Swiss Cup every year and you also win one gold medal because you get to play in an olympic for canada yeah oh if you're throwing in a gold medal for canada then like like, like you I'm never the, win a stanley yeah. cup you never come close to stanley cup but you win like the european league yeah or you're no, i'd see it yeah to be the I'm euro still, guy and win the olympics or be the nhl yeah, yeah. guy and and win a cup i still think the euro thing you're making way more money your lifestyle is a hell of a lot better than they're it give, would be for the nine you a years car, they're giving you a yeah. place to live yeah no it's definitely you know being over there i talked to a lot of guys and you know when they come you know they're 27 28 years old and they're fringe guys and i'll be like honestly man like i don't know why you'd want to sit on a bus anymore like it's not over but guys it's kind of sort of over you can go, go over to europe and live a life of luxury you've got another 13 uh years ahead of you if you want put put your feet up meet some people eat some food enjoy the life yeah i to me cam this is a dumb question man <laughs> it's, it's easy you go to europe you see some beautiful scenery. You meet some weirdos over there. You wear a scarf for a couple of months. Have those little culotte pants that Jay always wears. You got to tuck your uh, pants into your socks now. Yeah. You're having espressos all the time, and you got a Swiss army knife when you get out, get out of the airport. Cam, this is bad, man. Ireland softened you, bro. Yeah, Ireland softened them up. I feel like this is arguably the easiest Coombs hypothetical we've ever had. So in other words, worst. Yeah, it's the worst. Worst. It's absolutely the worst. Cam, you were... Man, I'm disappointed in you. Not only are you shitting when you ask this terrible <laughs> question, but the question was shit. It was. Oh, well, uh, there well, you maybe go. that's how it all ties in. Yeah, maybe that's how it all ties in.
I'm disappointed. Like an upset parent even. <laughs> yeah. If I could send Cam to his room right now, I would. Without dinner. No dinner. He doesn't even get a look at an Arby's. Since uh, since Cam dropped the ball on the hypothetical, I want to hit you guys with a question before we leave. Okay. Since it's our last episode before the Oilers season starts, which is like fucking so awesome to think of that a week from today, we'll be able to sit down, record this podcast and talk about a regular season game. It's unbelievable. But give me your one hottest, spiciest, boldest take. We've been doing lots of Mary Brown's pop-ins, which are brought to you by uh, their new bite-sized morsels of 100% breast meat chicken coated in Mary's seasoning, served hot and crispy and so yummy. So give me a hot, crispy, yummy take on the Oilers season. Okay, I got one. The Oilers will finish with a top 10 penalty kill. Oh, that is good. Yeah, that's a... I like that. And I have, I'll tell you why. This is to give a little hope for the fans. Colby Cave, Colby Cave, No, no, no. The Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, formerly the Phoenix Coyotes, finished their 08-09 season with a PK of 76.8%. It was 28th in the league. So last year, Wayne Gretzky coached them. They had a goal differential of minus 44 their team course, he was 45.4, 30th in the league, dead last. First year, Tippett took over. He brought that PK up to sixth in the league, 84.5. Goal differential went up to plus 23, and their team course, he went up to seventh overall, 52.09. Or 52.09, yeah. The Oilers last year finished with a 30th ranked power penalty kill, goal differential of minus 42, and a team course of 47.98. It's all building for us. To get to that positive area. Okay. I kind of want to see the player uh, at the end of the year and who the players were at the beginning. But I have nowhere near that type of research behind this one. <laughs> but I'm going to say the Oilers make the playoffs. And I'll tell you this right now. Ethan Bear is going to play the majority of the year with Clefbaum. Interesting. So more than 41 games with Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, uh, reg- uh, as long as no no injuries or anything. Okay. Right? Ethan Bear is going to be the second runner-up for the Calder Trophy. I didn't want to go well, that far, but that I was thinking about it. hot take. Yeah, that's a that's a scorcher. Thank you, Ethan Bear. I'm I'm with you, buddy. That's your whole that that was your one. That's Ethan it. Bear coming second. Uh, no, he'll be the the third runner up. Oh, third runner. Yeah. Okay. Um, Zach Cassian scores thirty goals. Oh, oh damn! Wow. He's gonna spend the last year, man. He scored like ten down the stretch. You're taking him off the first line. You're yeah, you did. You your took show up there. Chase, okay. on, Chase on was a healthy scratch in the opener last year. True. So okay. up. Okay. Cassian, he might not even start the year with them, but like three games into the year, it's going to be Cassian with McDavid, and they are just going to run scorched earth. Remember last time Cassian was in a contract year? He had a hell of a playoff run for us and scored some big goals. So Zach Cassian, massive hits. Yeah, and Zach Cassian knows how to crank it up when it's a contract year. I've actually heard that a little bit about him, that like, He's the guy who maybe gets too comfortable when he has the com- he's got the contract behind him. One offs, one offs, one offs. Let's go. Yeah, this is the one, man. So I think Cassian scoring thirty is my scorching hot take. Man, that is spicy. Yeah, Mary Browns. How's that for a tasty take? How do you like that, Mary Browns? Delicious. I want to go ahead and thank our friends at Sherwood Ford, the Giant, SkipTheDishes.ca, and of course Mary Browns for making all of this possible. And I want to thank my three good friends for spending an hour with me. And also to Kat Silverman and to Ken for jumping on and giving us a preview for a couple of Pacific Division teams. And eat a dick, Cam, because that was a horrible question. Absolutely. Cam, you should be ashamed of yourself. You now have no JMO and no Guinness till further notice. Opening night. No Jameson, no Guinness. Nothing. Till puck drop. Just sadness. Just sadness in your pasty skin. That's right. I'm taking shots at you, Cam, because you'll never listen to this. That's all, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 